I'm Jane Ryan, and this is Rewired from Marina, a show exploring the future of energy in Australia. This season, we're looking at the technology set to change how we create and use power. So far, we've explored relatively modern technologies like solar farms and battery storage systems. In this episode, it's the revival of an old technology that's set to play an important role in Australia's renewable energy future, hydropower. So generally the way hydropower works is that you've got an area uh, that's elevated where it either rains or snows and that water is collected into a dam or a reservoir. It's released from that reservoir down either a tunnel uh, or a penstock, which is a, a name for a um, kind of like a tube on the side of the on the side of a hill, and it goes from that higher elevation into a power station, where the pressure of that water from gravity is used to to power a turbine. And that spinning turbine then powers a generator. That generator is the thing that produces electricity. This is CEO of Hydro Tasmania, Steve Davy. Hydropower has been used in Australia for decades, providing around 5 to 7% of our electricity supply. Tasmania alone has 30 hydropower stations and a long history in the industry. Before World War I, a company was set up here in Tasmania to, to make zinc. There was a new process for making zinc out of electricity and a, uh, a group of investors set about building a power station in the middle of Tasmania and a zinc works here in Hobart. So the um, power station was at Watermana and uh, the company that was building the power station and the zinc works went broke partway through the project. So the government of Tasmania took over the, the construction of the power station at Watermana in the middle of Tasmania in 1914. And uh, another company took over the, the completion of the, of the zinc works. And by 1916, the power station was operating. And uh, soon after that, the zinc works was operating. And that started the, um, the state's construction phase for, for hydro assets. And so Tasmania built 30 uh, hydro stations by the time we were finished and and pretty much from the 1930s to the 1990s we were continuously building hydropower stations and what that meant for Tasmania was that we had the benefits of hydroelectricity and large-scale electricity really before the rest of Australia. While Tasmania was building its hydro scheme in 1949 construction began on snowy hydro in New South Wales the scheme, which was finished in 1974, became one of Australia's greatest feats of engineering. It provides more than 30% of all renewable energy available to the eastern grid. So hydroelectricity is already a well-established and clean source of energy. And it becomes even more effective through the energy storage process called pumped hydro. Pumped hydro is, is not a new idea. There's been pumped hydro in Australia for quite a long time. And what pumped hydro does is look at the same kind of idea, but when there's excess electricity in the system, then you can you can actually use a pumped hydro plant to take water that's at the bottom of the hill and put it back up to the top of the hill. This means pumped hydro effectively works like a giant battery. During off-peak periods where energy is cheap to buy, the water is stored in the bottom reservoir and pumped uphill into the top reservoir. 
During peak loads, that water is then used to generate more electricity to send to the network. Some pumped hydro projects are also looking to power pumping uphill with nearby solar farms so that the water can be pumped uphill during the day when solar energy is abundant. So the same power station that uh, generally would be used just to make electricity can actually run a pump between the amount of energy that's used to pump water uphill and the amount of energy that you get when you generate. There's losses there, but the, but the losses are, are relatively minor compared to, the, compared to the benefits. And why this is so important is that the pumped hydro that's been in Australia for uh, up until now has been used to, to basically make sure there's a little bit more capacity in the system at peak times, but it hasn't been used nearly as much as we see pumped hydro and storage in general being, being used in the future. So, pumped hydro is set to play a vital role in the future of our energy market. There are projects across the country that are looking to take advantage of this technology, like Snowy 2.0, an expansion of the original Snowy Hydro scheme. There are also several pumped hydro projects being scoped in South Australia and in Queensland. Tasmania is also planning what they call the Battery of the Nation. The project is exploring how the state's existing hydro system can support the broader energy market in Australia. So those two things, the, the existing hydro system and the potential to build pumped hydro as a result, along with that great wind resource, mean that there's a great potential for, for energy investment here in, in Tasmania, and it's a very cost-effective energy investment because of that. And uh, what we need to uh, to make that happen is to have more interconnection between Tasmania and the mainland. So TAS Networks, uh, with the support of ARENA uh, and the federal government, have been working on Marinus Link for the last couple of years. And they've just recently announced with their business case assessment that a 1500 megawatt interconnector in 2027-2028 would be a great investment for Australia. We're looking at a, uh, a six to 800 megawatt pumped hydro plant. We've got three favoured sites, uh, one at Tribute Power Station, uh, which would be connecting two existing reservoirs, uh, one at Rowallan, which is a, a lake in the, in the northwest of Tasmania, one at Sathana, which is another lake in the northwest of Tasmania, where we'd be connecting those existing reservoirs with a new reservoir uh, uphill from, from those reservoirs. So we're looking at those three alternatives uh, and we would hope that we can develop one of those alternatives to be a pumped hydro plant, six or 800 megawatts in time for, uh, for the 1500 megawatt Marinus link. And there's a, there's a whole lot of pro private proponents in Tasmania looking at, at wind farm development. And there's thousands of megawatts of, of new wind potential. When we've got these two new wind farms built, we'll have about 600 megawatts of, of, of wind generation here in, in Tasmania, but there's room for for a lot, lot more. There's thousands of megawatts of, of wind potential here in Tasmania. So when you add those together, going from 500 megawatts of interconnection to 2,000 megawatts of interconnection, uh, another 600, 800 megawatts of, of hydro potential, uh, thousands of megawatts of more wind, then effectively Tasmania has become a, a big new generator for the, for the mainland. Tasmania is currently connected to the mainland through the 500 megawatt BassLink interconnector, and it's often at capacity. So the new Marinus Link interconnector will allow Tasmania to export its clean hydro energy to the national market. 
Australia's chief scientist, Dr Alan Finkel, says pumped hydro projects like the Battery of the Nation are vital for the future of our network. We need larger scale storage such as pumped hydroelectricity to provide storage that can go from hours through to days and the Snowy 2.0 is an example of that. We need to use interconnectors to bring the renewable energy from where it's available to where it's needed. We need to use distributed resource management to uh, reduce the peaks of demand and match the demand more dynamically to the renewable energy supply. Part of that will involve digitalization technologies and artificial intelligence technologies. Things like pumped hydro is very old technology. There's no real innovation in big pumped hydro schemes. This is CEO of Arena, Darren Miller. It's just that we haven't done many of them. In in fact, we haven't built a plant in the last 30, 35 years in Australia. So getting the commercial market back on track and ready and available to finance big projects is also part of the innovation cycle, just uh, just a different type of innovation. But we don't, we're not desperate for these technologies today, but we recognize we need them in the future. And so we're doing the work today to understand how they operate in the system so that we are ready when, when the time comes that they need it. The value of the interconnectors for Australia is very critical. So, for example, the Haywood interconnector between South Australia and Victoria allow us to move energy back and forth between the two states uh, and in the most efficient way. Similarly, we are able to export and import from Queensland into New South Wales and from New South Wales into Victoria and vice versa. We also have the current BassLink interconnector that we use for Tasmania. This is CEO of AEMO, Audrey Zibelman. In December of 2019, AEMO released the Draft Integrated System Plan, which looks at the future of Australia's energy market. The plan highlights the need for pumped hydro projects like Battery of the Nation and the Marinus Link Interconnector to help provide security for the grid. The value we have see going forward is as the coal retires, we're going to want to make sure that we can export from uh, the various states and import from the various states. And it could be some days we're on the same day. We have in the morning we could be exporting from Victoria and in the afternoon we can be exporting from Tasmania. And it, so it becomes a single system. The interconnectors are essentially the link. They're the highway that allows us to make that happen. And so it's for AMO, it's a critical part of the future. What I think is really important to understand is that when the coal plants might retire, as these resources get to the end of uh, their technical lives, there are going to be issues that the owners have to, questions the owners have to make about how much they can invest. And we do see that as these plants get older, it's harder and harder to maintain them, more expensive. So what we need to do, which is a, a challenge, that's part of the what the integrated system plan identifies, is make sure that we have the option to move very quickly with some of these interconnectors so that the work can get done in time. And it can't be just in time. It actually has to be before the coal retires. And so that is part of what the integrated system plan identifies is make sure that we know these least regret actions we can take. And that way, when the coal retires, we're ready. Hydro Tasmania is hoping to have Battery of the Nation online by around 2027 or 2028, when Marinus Link is due to be completed. 
Steve Davey mentioned they're currently narrowing down the potential sites for the project. But you might be wondering, what's the advantage of Tasmania exporting electricity to the mainland when there are many potential projects that could be completed without the need for an undersea cable? The question about what's a cost competitive uh, set of investments is a, is a very good one. So what's worth bearing in mind is that there's about 40 gigawatts of installed capacity across the national market. And most of that installed capacity is coal-fired generation that's reaching the end of its, of its technical life and will close. Uh, and we've already seen the closure of some of these coal-fired power stations. So the challenge is quite big. What Tasmania is talking about doing at the moment is going from providing 500 megawatts into the national market to about 2,000 megawatts. Grid-scale solar, grid-scale wind, along with transmission assets and, and pumped hydro, that adds up to being something cheaper than doing something that's local, utilising the current network, but using smaller scale storage and smaller scale PV. But there's going to be a limit to how much can be, how much can be grid scale. The, the new power system that we're building will, will work quite differently. So while we're talking about battery the nation, we don't see, it, we don't see this large scale as being the only, it's the only part of the answer. The other two elements are very important. Distributed storage and distributed generation are going to be an important part, and so is customer participation. The, the three things all go together. AEMO recognises the valuable role that pumped hydro will play in the future, and in July 2019, it published an insights paper outlining the importance of the technology to our energy transition. One of the key insights was that pumped hydro projects and new interconnectors become increasingly important as coal-fired generation projects are set to retire over the coming decades. Pumped hydro can provide months of generation capacity and offer long-term security to the network that can't be offered through batteries. One of the challenges going forward in, in the energy industry is as we're moving away from coal and gas and what we call dispatchable resources, the challenge is, is, is that we can't control the weather and that's become our largest fuel resource. So what do we do, for example, when we had the bushfires one of the most challenging things for us going forward is making sure that we have sufficient capability to use the wind and solar when they're available, but recognize that they're not available all the time. And um, when we think about it, for example, our, least, our experience this summer with the bushfires, you know, during the time that normally when we think about heat, we think about there's lots of solar energy, but in fact, what happens, of course, with bushfires is the amount of dust and the darkness means that we don't have the solar energy available. So we're heavily reliant during those periods of time of, for what we have that we can dispatch with the coal and gas units. So one of the things we need to think about moving forward is when those coal plants retire and they're not there to back us up what's going to be there. So batteries have an advantage because they're very fast reacting, but batteries have to be charged periodically so they only last as long as they last. Pumped hydro has a great value because we can use it for longer periods of time, and so we can, when the solar and, and, solar and wind is plentiful, we can use it to pump up the system and have the energy available, and then it can be used during those periods of time when uh, we need it. So, that's, so we see it as a very complementary 
resource as well as other forms of hydrogeneration. But what, what's important for us to realize going forward is, is that these are complicated questions, which again is why we need to make the investments and we need to do it in a way that's timed appropriately because energy is not something we can guess at. We need to understand the issues. And uh, one thing that the energy industry is concerned about is these droughts where we might have a wind drought or a solar drought. And we can't uh, just hope for the best. We actually have to plan and be ready for any type of event that might hit us. So in terms of providing dispatchable capacity, uh, what, the, uh, what the system needs is the ability to ramp up and ramp down quickly. Pumped hydro can do that. But what it also does is provide the capacity to really provide the, the deep storage, the long-term storage. The amount of storage in a pumped hydro unit is determined by the size of the uphill reservoir. And uh, if that up, uphill reservoir is large, then you've got many, many hours of storage. And in some circumstances, that's going to be what's, what's needed. You know, we could go through days and weeks of, of low wind or cloud cover, so there'll be a need for, for that longer-term storage. The other thing that, that a hydro system can do that, are, that is harder for, for, for batteries to do at the moment is, is provide some of, the, some of the support services that are needed to keep the system stable. So um, we have this concept in the power market called inertia. And what inertia refers to is that the rotating mass inside a, a generator helps keep the system stable helps stop the frequency moving around too fast if unexpected events occur. And hydropower, uh, whether it's conventional hydropower or pumped hydro, and pumped hydro even when it's pumping or generating, has that spinning mass which keeps the, helps keep the system stable. So that's an important quality that uh, if we have a lot of battery storage in the system operating, that would need to be provided by some other units. You may have already picked up throughout this series that the stability of the grid is a key issue. As we build more renewable generation around the country, the need to connect and share these resources through the development of new interconnectors is vital. Here's Dr Finkel again. Australia has vast solar and wind resources and we're increasingly using them. In the last couple of years, the rate of rollout of solar and wind electricity in Australia, I'm not sure of the exact number, but I think it's about three times higher or more than the world average per capita. So we're increasingly aware of the importance of doing it. We've got increasing know-how on how to build large-scale solar and wind farms uh, cost-effectively. Uh, the big challenge is connecting them to the transmission grid. The integrated um, system plan that AEMO is producing will help with that. New South Wales has got um, some newly announced approaches to developing renewable energy zones. There's a lot of exciting potential. So in the future, as renewable energy penetrates and replaces retiring fossil fuel plants, we're going to need a lot more storage and we need stronger transmission. This is Darren Miller again. And so with an eye on that future, the likes of Tasmania with very good wind resources become important. We need roughly, say, 20 gigawatts of battery storage in the around the 2040 timeframe. So we're going to need a lot of pump storage projects around Australia. And Tasmania certainly got an abundance 
of available sites. What's lacking is the ability to transport that energy back to the mainland. So uh, Project Marinus, which is having a look at a new interconnector between mainland Australia and Tasmania to expand the ability for energy to flow from Tasmania to through Victoria and to the mainland, and vice versa for that uh, energy resources in Victoria to also provide backup for Tasmania. So this is the start of a transition where we're going to have a lot more infrastructure built to manage the flow of renewable energy uh, throughout Australia. In the next episode of Rewired, making the transition to renewable energy may seem like a daunting task for many industries. But some manufacturers in Australia have already taken their first steps in that process. After the cost of the seed, which is the raw material, and labour, energy is our next biggest expense. And um, we're talking, you know, some millions of dollars a year we spend on energy every year. Rewired is brought to you by ARENA, the Australian Renewable Energy Agency. We're working to support Australia's energy transition. Since 2012, we've provided $1.4 billion in grant funding to more than 500 projects. And you can find out more about the pumped hydro projects we've funded on our website, arena.gov.au.